won't make it mad. I got good things, got you. Hoops and everything. Get back, never get back too soon. Are you lonely? Are you there when I'm not in the room? Are you lonely? Only a part of this when you choose. Hello and welcome to the Point of Difference podcast. I am your host and coach of the Terrace Crew, Matt Ricks. We're through the first tricky buy round for 2023, an interesting 13-man format, first time ever seen in Supercoach land. Some Supercoaches who were ready benefited greatly, including myself, jumping 10,600 spots into the top 9,000. First time all year I'm coming on the pod with a bit of heat in my belly. I'm joined tonight by a couple of super coaches who are also very, very happy with themselves post round 13 as we lead into the very tricky origin period. First up tonight, joined by a coach, uh, his second place finisher overall. No, I get this wrong all the time. Third place, third place finisher overall in 2014. We're coming up on the 10 year anniversary of when he used to be relevant in super coach, coach of the Casabonitas, Danny Boy Ricks. Danny, welcome back to the pod pod. Yeah, thanks, Matty. Yeah, um, always getting that wrong, but I'll, I'll take it. Still, still keeps my pedigree high. Uh, yeah, it's uh, another good week. Uh, bit of magic from Greggy Boy Marju at the end there. Had him as captain, which uh, really, really knocked off a good week for me. Uh, back into the top five thousand. A little bit of momentum by planning coming out very, very well. So yeah, looking forward to uh, to deep diving today. Our second guest tonight. Is uh, it's I think it's the first time on the pod together for for quite a long so- time, if not the first time this season, probably only the second. Uh, it's a man coach of uh, the big dogs, sitting nice and comfortable in the top five thousand. Uh, it's Jono. Jono, welcome back to the pod pod. Maddie, Dan, thanks for having me on, guys. Good to be here, coming off the back of a, a strong buy round. Uh, still chuckling at you. Ten year anniversary since Dan was relevant it was an excellent line that we got. I, I, I had to mute my mic. I was laughing so much. But um, no, look, it's good good to be here, and I'm I'm really excited to talk about this week because I think it's a very open week with not a lot of clear downgrades and, and and lots of things we could do. So looking forward to getting into it. What did you score on the weekend, Jono? Uh, I think about a thousand and twenty four, so almost a hundred behind you, mate. Um, which I was I was I was pretty happy with overall. Uh, moved moved up. 3,000 ranks into the top 5,000 now, so enjoyed it. Very good, very good. And I've enjoyed um, I've enjoyed your time as host as well. I'm never afraid to take a pot shot at, at myself when I'm not there. Uh, never afraid to challenge Tubes, which he kind of needs a bit of wrangling, so very, very <laughs> good job. And I must say, Jono, you're looking very healthy as well. Have you, have you lost a bit of weight? I think it's just the haircut. It's the haircut, mate. I've grown my hair out. People tell me I've lost weight, but I'll take the compliment. Thank you. No, no. The listeners out there need a visual, so I'll, um, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, I can. Hopefully, I can. You're looking, looking, yeah, real nice with the. You're right. The thick beard, the sharp haircut, and just looking all around nice and healthy. So well done, mate. Thanks, Matty. Uh, all right, let's get into. Um, I just want to start just by um, doing a quick recap of the buy around that's just gone. It's the first time, as I said, the new format um, with the three buys this year. They went with you only need 13 players. How did you find that, Dan? Um, do you think it's a, a concept that's worked or um, did it make it a bit easier? Yeah, I think it, it made it more comfortable, definitely. Uh, unfortunately, I think it means that you can't, you won't be able to gain as much ground uh, with really with with good buy planning, I think uh, people who didn't even do much buy planning can still get away with a decent thirteen and a decent score. So uh, you could have been very much rewarded if you had a few more players and you played the full seventeen. At the same time, people could have gone hard for this buy, got had seventeen players, and then they would have been absolutely burned for this round. So it's uh, it it. I think I'm a bit impartial. Whether I like the new format or not, I think uh, it's a bit of risk. There could have been more risk reward uh, going back to the seventeen players. Yeah, I I found it a bit annoying to be honest. Like I I, I like the fact that with the extra buys this year, you could have really been rewarded for overall play um, if you did the buy planning appropriately. Um, I know that I had I had fifteen and I left about eighty points on the table um, where I'd done my my planning. I feel like for overall. That's that's a really like if you're playing overall for like a high prize, or just to be highly ranked, then buy planning is a huge part of it. So I feel like you should be rewarded if you do that. The risk reward, like you said, I feel like if you know head to head leagues, if they don't want to play the buys, they don't have to. So it actually doesn't impact those guys as much. Um, but Jono, it, it seems like they went with a bit more of a tact of like trying to you know inc- improve engagement across the buy period and not have people drop out after the post buys. 
Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was going to say, Matt. I think for the casual supercoach player, not everyone's a tragic like like us three. So for those casual supercoach players, I think a lot of them would get to this time of year and that's when you get those zombie teams start to pop up. So I think it's definitely going to improve engagement and, and keep people switched on for the full year, which can only be a good thing. There, it, it doesn't help itself, supercoach. Like it's such a complicated thing. You've got to stay on top of so much just to – you know, one little you don't check a team list and you lose you lose out hugely. Um, definitely think there are some things they can do to help the casual player a bit more uh, and probably simplify it. But yeah, I I mean, as a bit more of a hardcore player, I'd I'd like I quite fancy the buy planning element. So, so long, like round sixteen, I'll be honest. Before we know, and we'll be back in there again. And uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, supercoaches learn a little bit about what needs to be done heading into that buy. Um, the PodPod overall group, uh, the PodPod chairman. So we've got a new leader, coach of Birdman's Bullets. Craig has overtaken Shine, longtime leader Shine Bright. He's in 84th position overall. Um, that group code is 890189 if you want to jump in. We've closed entries for our major prize for the year, but uh, more than welcome to jump in with another big group of super coaches in there. I, you know, In the biggest news of the chairman's um, group this week, I've cracked the top 100. So um, watch out, everyone. I'm in the 87th in the chairman, so I'm coming after that number one spot. Uh, big shout-out to the Podfather, too, who's up in the 10th in that group and 492nd overall top-ranked uh, top ranked uh, Rick's family member currently. Um, Queenstown update. Dan, we're um, – look, I'm not saying we're back in it, but we're making a little bit of ground. Yeah, I think I said you just you – just, uh, Maybe like in terms of golf, it was a, a bit of an eagle from you on the weekend. Big, big drive, put it close, tap in, tap in par for eleven hundred and twenty. I think you got eleven uh, seventeen. I reckon I lipped out for eagle. I think I'll take the birdie. Yeah, yeah. So just, just, just got a little bit of ground back on Chris and Jono again. Still had a good score with uh, Jono in the thousands there. So we're six hundred and fifty points behind them. Uh, Tubes and Dad. Tubes had a great round again, going very well. Uh, surprisingly, Tubes is under the radar, going well. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, it's just I think he's. I'm not. I, it's, it's not in context. His cool, calm, and collect uh, from the start has has really helped him. So they're 259 points behind Chris and Jono. So look, I think we we'd have to say we're probably out of it for the year. Uh, Tubes and Tubes and the Podfather could have a run at him, uh, but uh, yeah, Chris and Jono still still absolutely dominating. I think Tubes owes a little bit of his success to the the jabs we were giving him at the start of the year because he's he's definitely trying to prove prove the naysayers wrong with his approaches here. There's less of the silly stuff, less of the crazy trades. So I definitely think the the negativity before the season started has to be a contributing factor to him going well. Are you saying that he's got the shit out of his game, Jono? A little bit. Yeah, he's cut the errors out. <laughs> yeah, he was the he was the Victor Radley of Supercoach. <laughs> <laughs> What about Andrew King? Put him in the circuit. Put him somewhere. He's too good for this game. Well, the juggler. The juggler's come out at Brookie. Uh, all right, let's get into our analysis of the positions for the week. So just a bit of scene setting. Round 14, this week on the bye, we have the Eels, Knights, and Sea Eagles. Uh, so there's only the seven games, um, and we've warned you all year that round 14 is going to be very tricky. And I know that each of us have only sort of got that 18, 19 players, and everyone's sweating on Origin backups. So there's lots to ponder this round. Uh, we'll start at hooker, um, probably the quietest position of the week. Uh, Damien Cook was a very popular purchase last week, so there'll be a lot running with him and Harry Grant now. Uh, I'll start with uh, I'll start with Sonny Luke. Dan, um, is he is he okay to play if Harry doesn't back up? I don't think so. Uh, he's in my team, so I'll be um, I'll be looking around switching him up if if Harry is out for sure. Uh, I'm not going to put him into the 17. I've got currently I've got 17 players uh, with him uh, in that 17, so I'll, I'm going to be making a couple of trades at least uh, and. You know, there's a bit of chat he's going to play a different role during the buy period with Panthers resting a few people, but I, I'd, I'd love to see it. I, I think he, he just hasn't shown enough in actual NRL to, to really entice me to, to keep him in. So I'm going to, going to try to get him out when I can. 
Yeah, I don't think you can risk that role changing. Um, if Harry was to miss out, just while we're on Harry, um, could he be a possible trade out? Yeah, yeah, depends what he's missing for, but uh, certainly, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not, not, um, not encouraged by what's out there. Um, I don't want JMK now. I would have liked him before the round thirteen buy. Don't like him. Robson's a bit still not not doing as well as he was last year. Cookie's still an option, I think. So, yeah, if if Cookie keeps missing Origin, I think I'd probably uh, look to switch uh, Harry for Cookie. I I actually I don't think I disagree. I think Cook's not an option. I think that that's flown given their buy schedule. They've still got three buys to play, um, including. 16? 16, yep. 20, 16. 26. So just, 16 I, and, then, and then 20, which is the after Origin 3. So you're going to be short on players a bit there as well, including what if Harry doesn't back up there. Um, yeah, I don't – I I think – like I agree that there's like a bit of a – there's not a lot of options. Blake Braley might be one, but there's – I just I, – I don't I don't think Cookie's – I like it. I bought him last week as like a uh, – like he's a good option, right, to have, but I'm not – like he's not – his scoring's just not good enough at the moment, I don't think. Yeah, like fair enough. Uh, Jono, an option I suppose, which is pretty, pretty risky one, but I, I don't mind it. But it's probably – you probably want to wait a week though is Jake Turpin who's coming for the cheese. Um, like do you think he's viable as a straight sideways? Like would you rather run with Turpin than Luke this week? I'd rather have Turpin than Luke for sure, um, and I think he's worth a watch because if you get to round sixteen uh, and you are planning potentially on Sonny Luke being your round sixteen hooker because Panthers do play, I think Turpin Turpin is potentially a more viable Turbin. option. Him, Turpin is a more viable option than Sonny Luke potentially. Uh, so I think he's definitely worth watching this week to see the minutes, and if yeah. they're looking good, uh, it might be an option for next week. Got Dan's boy Hutchie lurking on the bench there. Might play a little bit. Might come on and play a little bit of hooker. Noted dummy half, Drew Hutchison. Yeah, he'll get. He might get. He might get another position. Position. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to yeah, go to his yeah. second row. Dual. I'll tell you what. He's not. He's definitely not slotting in the back row. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. But uh, Turp, Turpin could be an option. You get, it's so easy to, just to watch him this week, though. There's no. Yep. There's no point in going early on him. It's mainly just it would just be out of necessity. Like if Grant doesn't back up, then like, yeah, I'd, I'd I definitely consider risk, that. But I, sure. I think it's a risk. But I think he's cheap enough that, like, he's gonna. You'd think he'd bust out of forty no matter what. Yep. Just in base. Um, all right, let's move on to front row forward again. Relatively quiet week for front rowers. Um, the big dogs from Canberra. Um, Big the big horse Corey Horsburgh, God bless him, got over for a big meat pie, and then nearly set up one for taps as well. How good would that have been, John? Uh, you said in one of the groups you accidentally audibly uh, squealed when that happened, despite being a, sp- a South fan. <laughs> yeah, when I thought Tarpany was, it's just been such a rough year as a Tarpany owner. Not that it's been horrible, but just because it was literally a Tarpany or Haas uh, conversation, and I think all three of us went the wrong way with that. So. It was hard hard not to give a little squeal as Tarpany looked like he was going to reach out and score. But those, those minutes were encouraging and it's great to see him named it uh, lock forward again. Uh, yeah. 80 minutes. Oh, sorry. No, he went off for a little bit. Yeah, about 70. He came back on for um, Harawira Naira when he went off. So I think his break, I don't know if he was going to come back on or not, but um certainly happy that he did. Um, I'd like to think that. Um, out of the 10,600 people that I overtook this week, the 10,500 of them own Payne Haas <laughs> <laughs> to finally get one back up on them. But um, look, those guys are both like it's hard. I think Tarpany would be the better buy, Dan, out of those two moving forward. Yeah, just looking at the Raiders' uh, buy schedule, uh, I guess it just depends on how long Horsburgh's got that edge spot for. Um Who's who's out for him? Someone's out for him. Whitehead's out suspended this week, but he's also injured. So I don't know. I don't know if he's due back next week or not. But, yeah, I mean, like uh, owners of owners have lucked out there. He played horse for eighty minutes on the edge. Looked very involved on the weekend. Uh, I was very jealous. Uh, if he had the edge spot locked out, like he's a definite option at six hundred and ten k. I don't think he uh, does. No, and, and so that the, that reason, like Tapene is is a much better option. Uh, if you want to buy, Canberra have a very good run as well. They don't play sixteen, but they've got Tigers, Warriors, Roosters, Titans, St George. 
uh, over up until, and they play round St. George in round 19. So very good schedule. Uh, they got the round 20 a buy as well. So you, you got to look at that. They've got two buys round 16, round 20. Uh, but, uh, I think Tapanay is a set and forget. I've kept him since the start of the year and I'm, I'm, I'm happy I got him now. So that's the same. They're on the same buys as South. Similar. Um, yeah. So yeah. So you got to be careful. This is like, this is where you really got to start being careful with who you're overloading with. Um, and making sure you got that squad depth. Um, Jono, uh, one other name who I, I saw today that he's 19th man for New South Wales. I don't know how the hell that's happened, but it's big Stefano. Um, he's coming off a big game, uh, either last or the one before, and he's sort of putting his hand up maybe that he might be have a bit of relevancy for the run home. Yeah, and I think the Tigers playing round 16 and round 19. So big Stefano's got a break even of, I think, seven at the moment or something Really lower end that mark, yeah, uh, seven. Uh, and he's coming off an 80 with a try last game. I think the thing that I like, and I am an owner, so I think it's a clear hold, but do, do you guys think that he's a potential downgrade option or is it just a, if you own him, good. If you don't own him, you just leave I, him. I'd, I'd leave him alone. You've got Harrison Edwards in the similar vein at cheaper, lower break even, plays around 16 and 19. Uh, the only thing with Edwards is he's named on the bench, so it's, it's hard to tell. Uh, with that rotating forward pack at, at Canterbury. But, uh, I yeah, and, and Stefani's just probably, if he was under 400K, definitely would look at him as that third or fourth front row forward to keep for the year, who also plays those big buy rounds coming up. Yeah, he also hasn't gone over 50 this year, except for the two games where he scored tries. So there's probably, he's not as consistent no. as you'd like for a starting front row forward. So, no, you know, I think, no. I, I think I'm with you, Dan. The thing that as an owner I'm keeping an eye on is that two years ago when he went into that Origin squad in 2021, it was after he came out of that that he absolutely like went on fire for the back half of the year and was talking about how much that Origin camp helped him. So I'm hoping as an owner that he comes out motivated. But if I was a non-owner, I wouldn't be banking on that. No, you, you're relying on tries for him, definitely. Yeah. Like he's, you've always, that, that first year he was in, he scored a ridiculous amount of tries. Uh, and and obviously that that gets super coach points as as a front row forward. So look, he could do it, but uh, yeah, it's just not for me. John, I know you've done a good job warming the seat, but mate, I'll ask the questions tonight, please. <laughs> Ooh, it begins, host v host. <laughs> let's um let's move on to second row forward. There's some interesting options coming onto the horizon now, Dan. I want to start with um. A potential sell option. Um, Jackson Ford has done a relatively good job for owners, but with the Warriors having the buy round 16, is he someone that you could look to move on if you had the right target in mind? Yeah, very ominous signs for Jackson Ford. He got taken off after about 66 minutes on the weekend. Uh, Curran went to the edge there. Uh, they've got um, a bench that doesn't look great for him. Uh, they've got three guys who can play edge. So Josh Curran, Mitch Barnett, and Bailey Sirinan all sit in there. Uh, Barnett can obviously go through the middle uh, and so can um, so can Curran, uh, which which I think in terms of actual NRL, Curran is much better through the middle. Uh, but he went to the edge on the weekend. So I think a lot of p- people will be holding forward this week just for the numbers. But if you are flush with numbers this week, I, I think it's time to move him on. Jono, one guy who I would be very keen to move him on to, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it work this week, but he's uh, he's got a break-even of only three from the Melbourne Storm, Eli Katoa. He did have a bit of an injury cloud hanging over him from last game, um, but he's named in the uh, in the 11 jersey or the 12 jersey, I can't remember which. He's named to start. Um, is he someone who, I can't remember if you own him, but like, do you think he's a very he's a good buy option this week? I think he's a, an excellent buy option with the buy coverage he has in 16. His break-even's three this week, so it does kind of feel like he's at 520K. So there is that bit of a feeling that if you're going to get him, this might be a, a good week to do it because he could be 50, 60K more expensive next week. And I don't know if he's that much, if he's that attractive pushing 600K. So, yeah, it's going to be tough for people to make it work, but I think he's an excellent option. He, he, he's looked unbelievable this year. I, I, I think he's actually be underpriced again next week. I think he's criminally underpriced at the I, moment. Um, I, I think agree. he's. I think yeah. I think he's a run home second rower given the Storm's draw. Um, so Storm play, Storm don't play round sixteen, 
but then do play round 19 and don't um I don't think they miss another game after that. So they like and they've got a really favorable draw. So they yeah, they got a, they had the buy last week. They'd already had the buy in round 9. So they've got one buy left which is in round 19. Um and through that period, um like they finished the year with like Raiders, Dragons, Titans, Broncos, like just a really Really good run of games and he's yeah, like I think he's I think he's should be priced at about a sixty two, sixty three average, Dan. Yeah, just with that like we've got enough of a data set now to say that his work rate has just been phenomenal for his his sort of type of player. He's an attacking attacking player. He's only scored one try and that was the last game he had. And we thought I, I was very fortunate to bring him in that week and I'm like, here we go, the floodgates are opened. He's on ninety after fifty something minutes. Uh, and unfortunately, he came off. So that's where that injury cloud is. But I think he's, I think he's end game second row forward. I think if you can get him in this week, definitely get him in. Very interesting. I, I tend to agree. Um, Jono, I'll come to you. Sharkies, Britain Nakora. I bought Britain in last week. Probably, sorry, the week before. Probably wish I brought Katori in now. But uh, he's seven hundred k, not cheap. Someone who has shown time and time again over the last couple of seasons that he's ultra dependable, and the Sharkies now have the great run of games, including both buy rounds in sixteen and nineteen. Yeah, I, I actually I don't know that I agree with you. That in previous years, he'd shown himself to be very dependable, but he certainly has this year. And like Dan was saying, with the data set around Eli Katoa, like he's just showing each week he's got that work. He's getting through so much base this year, Nakora, and he's very, very reliable. That his floors not low. And if you can drag, jag some attacking stats outside of Nico, I think he's great. I mean, at the price, I'd definitely rather have Eli Katoa. I think there's a lot more value in Eli over Nikara. But I, I do think he's a I do think he's a good option. I don't know if I could bring him in at 700 k though. Dan? Yeah, I, I mean, I am looking to bring him in. If I if I could afford him, I'd definitely, definitely bring him in. I think you need those big ticket guys for the for the big buy rounds, and I think he's one of them. The really encouraging thing for him as well, Nico is not going to be there for around 16 and 19, but uh, Tricky tricky Trindle just comes straight in. And early early doors this year, it was the Trindle-Nakora combination that was getting Sharks over the line. So I, I really like that for around 16 and 19. Uh, and as you said, the base that he's getting out, he's pumping out uh, at least 30 tackles each round uh, and such such an attacking upside. Uh, yeah, I think he's he's one to get if you can go up to 700k. Send him off! Send the dirty gate off! Get him off the field! That was diabolical! Moving on to halfback, probably the um, the big topic of the week here is uh, there'll be a few out there who own Cleary and Hines who didn't jump on Mitch Moses. Um, but even if you did jump on Mitch Moses, it's probably likely that you own one of Cleary or Hines. Um, Jono, there's a bit of chat around Cleary having an infected tooth. Sounds like the most origin story I've ever heard um, in terms of a beat-up. It does put in a little bit of doubt, though, as to whether he would back up this week. I I think last year Ivan Cleary was fairly honest with his teams that he named coming off origin. I think there were weeks where he just straight up didn't name Cleary and some of the other players to return. So I think the fact that he is naming him shows me enough that he's planning on him playing if he gets through okay. Um, so as as someone who kept Cleary and didn't trade down to Moses, I think that's really promising. Uh, if he doesn't back up, I'd be confident enough that Nico, being number 14, will be able to play and, and come back, assuming there's no early injuries that makes him play big minutes. So I feel pretty good about being someone who owns both, that at least one and maybe two should back up. Dan, you're in the same boat as me, aren't you? Yeah, I've got I've got um, Cleary. I. I, I, it's a real conundrum. I'm, I'm not sure. Like if he doesn't back up, I said it last week's pod, you can hold him over last week if you had the numbers and then this week if he doesn't play, if he doesn't get a particular injury in origin, if he's just rested, uh, I will. I want to sell him. I want to sell him in that scenario. The issue is who do you sell him to? I, I just, just no can't one. find him. I can't find the right one. Like you can't sell them to Moses this week, which is is good for Moses owners. So I don't know how many of those will be praying praying for Cleary to be rested. Um, well, pretty much all of them. Uh, so it's a really tough one. Obviously, it's a downgrade, so you can upgrade option elsewhere. Uh, but I probably consider even if he does get rested, potentially just holding him if I if I can't find the right the right setup. Matt Burton, yeah, just six fifty k. 
plays, I think, is at the. I'm not sure, but is he close to origin with one or two down or Campbell Graham's obviously in front of him? He sure is. He's 18th man. He's 18th man. So does, does he, I mean, if he's 18th man again, like he doesn't play those buy rounds. So, yeah, well, he came in, he came in because Crichton came in for trail and then mm. he's come in as 18th man. So, yep. you know, he's floating yeah. around there. Though. Yeah. Like, so Moses not playing, Cherry Evans not playing this week. And obviously Origin as well. Ben Hunt, Origin. Sean Johnson doesn't play 16, coming off a of 39. Um, the next, you, we're down to we're down to halfback number nine, who is uh, uh look, this would be super pod, but Luke Brooks, dare I say, <laughs> 610k. No. Brendan Wakem is the one you want uh from Tigers if you're gonna choose a tiger. <laughs> I don't think he's the one you want. He's the one I you want out of if you if you go on head to head, Luke Brooks versus Wakem. I think he's low break even coming off 116 points will generate some cash. But it just it just looks so bad. Clearly you're sitting in your team, training down to Wakem. It's just yeah. I think I'd take my chances on ICAT, move ICAT up to halfback and then um Yeah, if you got him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like you just might take the hit on Cleary through the origin period. Now that's that's it's a very tough decision for owners. I guess what we're all saying is it's we're just not sure what to do. Yeah, Nico. Um, Nico's the other one. Like you'd probably say Nico's more likely to back up if you've held him through this period. Um, I do think Nico is going to be a sell though after round fifteen. He doesn't play 16, 17. 17, 19. So he misses. He only plays one game in four weeks. So I'm going to be looking to sell him there, maybe to Cleary, but probably not. Probably to um, like I have no idea actually who I'm going to sell him to. So I'm going to have to reassess that. It's just it's so so dot. If you're flush with trades, uh, you could potentially do that. But I think if Nico's only high seven hundreds to eight hundred k, I I can't see the value in two trades to get him back in. Suppose as well, like holding, you have to actually make that cash work. So um, I get it. And I've got Mitch Moses, so I can probably just play Moses every week over that period. Um, I think I think he'll be, I think he's, I think he plays every week that, that Hines wouldn't be playing. So that'll be fine. Jono? Well, I think we're maybe underselling Matt Burton a little bit. Like, do you guys think it's a coincidence that since Flano's been out of the team and he's kind of been halfback and taking control, so he's gone 39 79, 76, 96. So he's gone over 73 games out of the four. Before that, he'd only done it three times for the year. Do you guys think that's a coincidence or, or could it be a sign that now he's wearing the seven and he's the man, that those that scoring might be more consistent for him? Yeah, I, I think you're right, Jono. Um, and I think Burton is a good option. I'm just balking a little bit at the price um, and I think Dan agrees. Yeah, 650K. It's, I would have, I think, did spruik him a little bit five rounds ago, something like that, with it. They had a good run. Uh, Bulldogs don't have the best of opponents as well coming up. I think Roosters this week, uh, Para, Sharks, the next few. Sharks in that bye week, so no Nico. Um, Souths in the in the final bye. So it's not it's not exciting me with the draw, but and he's, he's a definite downgrade option. I think you can take the punt um, if Cleary isn't named, but I wouldn't be trading him in otherwise. Best of a bad lot, Jono. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get down to 5'8 now. Um, uh, Izzy, Izzy Katoa, we barely knew you, but uh, I think most teams will be saying ta-ta to Isaiah Katoa this week. Jono? It's easier said than done. Like, I'd love to. I'm, I'm probably going to have to run him out at 5'8 this week. The ideal thing to do would be to bring in Manu if you're already not a Manu owner or if you have Manu at centre to, to flip him up to 5'8 and get rid of Katoa. Yep. And I, I'm saying that in the assumption that there's a lot of people in the boat like me who have a Dylan Brown uh, and ICAT combo at five eight, but it's not easy. If, if it's not easy to find the money to go from ICAT all the way up to Manu, so I'm I'm a chance that I might just have to run him out this week. I think depending on where it falls. If if there's news that Cleary doesn't back up, that gives you a good downgrade option you could maybe upgrade ICAT with. But it's easier said than done with a lack of downgrade options this week. Yeah, even with moving Manu up to five eight, if you own him. There's no downgrades at, at center wing, really. Yeah. There's a couple of cheaper options, but no one who you'd go, okay, like, you know, if Tafare was starting, you'd go, yeah, okay, that's easy. Um, 
but yeah, it's not really, not really the case, Dan. Just on a, a Jono, just on Manu, Dan. Um, Tubes actually was talking about buying him this week at six fifty k. Do you do you, do you see that still as 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 a sort of viable option? He's he's probably a bit on the nose, just given that he got injured last game uh, and uh, he he missed a week. He's had the rest and yeah, uh, like six fifty k. It's you know he'll you know at his best, it's definitely worth it. Look, it's the high break even of eighty three. They got Panthers next week. I think there's big risk coming off an injury as well, an ankle injury. You don't know if he's a hundred percent. I think generally with the the way he did the injury, he should be absolutely fine to get through the game. But you know, has he has he got a half touch of pace off perhaps? So I think the the safe play is just to wait on Manu. Uh, he'll be a great number for round sixteen. I think he can wait until round 16 where they got the Knights followed by the Raiders uh, to bring him in. I don't think his price will be – I don't think he'll be 700K plus, so he's an easy wait. Dan, the only thing with that is I like that he's still wearing the number six jumper and just his ball hog ways, he's just going to amass points. Like he was getting good scores and doing absolutely nothing. So I think if you wait till 16, there's a chance he might be back in the centres potentially, whereas I, I really like bringing him in at 5'8 while he's wearing the number six on his jersey. Got to be a little sniff that he plays fullback this week. Yeah, it's like if he lines up fullback, yeah, I think he's at I think he's at a good price. I think I brought him in for more expensive than he is now, or about the same, uh, and I was in love with it. So, if he's fully fit, yeah, um, and he plays fullback, I I think he's a good bring in option. Let's move down to centre wing now. Um, probably the most um, interesting position of the week from a buy perspective. Um, Dan, there's a there's a couple of teams whose buys get really uh, sorry, whose draws open up from here. They both play around 16 and around 19, those being the Sharks, the t- Tigers, and the Bulldogs. Um, the Sharks are flush with center wing options. Um, you got Ronaldo, Talakai, uh, Sione Katoa, um, Ramian, who we might touch on in, in part of the week. But are those Sharks guys at center wing, they're not cheap. But are they on? Are they on the radar for you this week, or do you think they should be for teams that that would suit? They definitely should be. Uh, you should be trying to get one of those sharks boys in your team. Hundred uh, percent. Which one is a is a big debate. Uh, I like Ronaldo. Uh, I like Talakai. I love Talakai. I had him in the start of the year, and unfortunately, he just wasn't scoring tries. Uh, he's then had a run of form last couple and then got injured. So coming back off injury, a little bit up in the air, but I think he'll still be a great option, 630K and a low break even. So both those guys would be my top two to bring in. Uh, and then Will Kennedy is a very good option. If if one of the – if, if ta- um, Tedesco gets rested, uh, I will certainly consider bringing him in. There's a little injury cloud over Ronaldo. He got injured a bit last game. I presume he's fine, named to play. And Talakai's injury as well. You're not concerned by by that? No, no. I think they just I think they just gave him the extra week uh, with the bye, knowing that. So yeah, I I think I don't think there's too much concern over Talakai. It's pretty tough to hurt the man while he's on the field. Yep, yep. Um, Jono, uh, the most bought player this week is. He's a bit of a fallen early season gun, uh, Jacob Carraz from the Bulldogs. He's only 486K, I believe. Um, he is a very, very interesting one. He was shooting the lights out to start the year, base and base attack through the roof. Um, he's come back from that knee injury and he's looked noticeably uncomfortable like or not free in his running gait. Um, and I, I had a really good look at his numbers because – like he's a he's an obvious you know obvious purchase target. Um, what I've noticed um, is that his base has been pretty much like not too bad in terms of like what he was producing early in the year, not quite up to the same. But where he's really dropped off a cliff is in his tackle busting. So that's clearly impacted his ability to go into tack go into contact with force and confidence. Um, my question for you is knowing that. Uh, could you reasonably bring him in and expect to to get a good return on your investment? Uh, yes, would be my short answer to everything you've just said, Matt. I think for me, he's the one guy I'm absolutely guaranteed to bring in to my team this week and I'll be making it happen, whether it's an upgrade from Croke or a, 
a downgrade from someone like Valentine Holmes. Karaz is in. He's priced at like like a mid-40s average, which he's definitely a better player than. And I know what you're saying about the tackle bus, but I think a part of that was that he wasn't free coming back from the injury and he didn't look himself. Last week they had the buy. He's had a week off to, to rest up and recuperate. They definitely brought him back too early because they needed him. So I, I'm not concerned about that. No, I think he's absolutely the buy of the week. Dan, just on that, would you agree with Jono from a, a medical standpoint that that extra week should have helped him? The, the extra would definitely help him, yeah. But like you said, he's he's going into tackles and he just he just can't break free as 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 much. It's it's still affecting him. He's definitely underdone in that knee, so he just doesn't scare me like he he did early in the season when basically he was a must get uh, at a higher price. So I'm not too worried about not picking him up this week. In saying that, I would love to. He's, he's a great price that you could potentially downgrade uh, another guy not playing this week, and I'm toying with it at the moment. And it seems a little bit seems a little bit silly, but I'm thinking about maybe dropping Garrick or Marju down to Karaz to free up a couple hundred grand to sort of get a premium in the second row forward. It's just really tough because I think both of those guys you can carry for the rest of the year. If Marju didn't get 136 on the weekend, I would I plan to drop him out of my team, but that's. That's hard to hard to drop him now that he's going to make fifty k on 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 next game. So, yeah, very tough decision. Uh, but I think Karaz is an absolutely fine option if you've got someone to get rid of in the centre wing, and a great price. He'll be safe. He plays around sixteen and nineteen. Just I don't know if you can expect the same sort of power as we saw early in the year. Garrick's a really interesting sell option. They've got Dolphins next week, um, but then they run into a really hard draw. I think they play the Storm and the Eels um, through that period before having another buy in round 19. He's 700K, which is probably about a fair value on him. So I think if you do need the the cash to free up, I don't think it's a terrible idea to sell Garrick. Um, I would much prefer, though, to sell Valentine Holmes if you still own him. So Val plays this week. So, if, look, if you have to keep him for numbers, fine. Um but I, then after this week, he has a buy around 15, will play Origin round 16, so misses, and then misses round 19 as well. So uh, And in between that, plays Penrith and, and South Sydney. So um, I'm very keen to move Val on as soon as possible. Well, he, has, he hasn't even been named in the starting 17, right? He's, he's number 19, Jersey, number 20. None of their Origin players have. Yeah, so that's still an indication that there's a bit of – bit up in the air whether he actually plays or not. So that's three games he's missing in a row. Jono? I was going to say, Dan, Todd Payton did that last year too, naming his returning origin players on the extended, and then it didn't stop him from playing them if they got through okay. So I don't necessarily think that's an indication that he won't play, but it certainly puts him on the radar. I agree with your yeah. point. Regard- regardless, I think he was a sell last week. So if you didn't – didn't if you if you held him, then, you know, you're stuck. Your memory of what happened in last year's coach's – Origin strategies, Jono, is unbelievable. I've already forgotten about I've already forgotten about Greg Marzu's ton on the weekend. I just hope no one fact checks anything I've said about it because it could all be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I sound confident. Jono, you mentioned Jared Croker before. Um he's uh Ricky's really let you down this week, hasn't he? Yeah. This I don't know what you guys think of this three hundredth game thing, just as a general super coach aside, but poor Croaks. He's, he's one of the most injured men on, on earth the last couple of years, and now he's got to get through two weeks training without tearing an ACL. It's got to be pretty nerve-wracking for him knowing that he's not just getting it out of the way this weekend. But, yeah, look, as a croaker owner, I definitely was relying on him as a number for this week. So it's it's a little bit disappointing because you have your Parramatta, Seagulls players uh, and Newcastle players. This is an extra number that you didn't assume is going to drop out. Given that, is he an obvious sell this week? Yes, Absolutely. Dan, um, before we get to Val Meninga, the house, um, I wanted to touch on a bit of a pod option uh, for a guy who's who's fallen way down in price and since he signed the contract to go to the Rara, just hasn't produced the goods whatsoever. Uh, Joseph Akuso Suali'i uh, is only um, 373K now. Is he kind of an underpriced semi-gun that you could look at? Oh, I mean, if you if you're looking at pure you know results in the last three games, he looks horrific to buy. 
Uh, they got Panthers round 15 where in round 11 he scored 22 points. He potentially had the goal kicking that night as well. Well, he still yeah, does have the goal kicking. He's still got the goal kicking. So, I mean, at the price, it's, it's worth a punt, I think, for sure. Like playing round 16, if if, if that's how your numbers look, uh, I, I think he he's a definite option at that price. But it's 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 hard for me to – yeah, I, I'm not sure. What do you think, Jono? I, I, we've been putting up as an option at his price with the kicking for a few weeks now and just – I don't think you can do it till he goes back on the wing, to be honest. I think in the centre, it's just not happening for him. I think I think I want to see him wearing the winger's jersey before I'd even consider it. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good basic principle as well, is that you need to probably avoid where possible. There's a couple of exceptions. The players that play centre, um, the scoring just hasn't been as, as good this year, and, and we've seen that with someone like Suwali. Moving on to our final position this week, fullback. Some very, very interesting tidbits floating around. We had a question come in from Mark from Punchbowl um, about Latrell. Is Latrell a pod hold, Dan, this week, um, given his injury concerns? Uh, pod hold? No, I'd, I'd be getting rid of him. He's too too high price. There's lots of lots of options. You also don't actually know how long he's out for. Is that right, Jono, Southman? Yeah, no, I think it's a bit up in the air. Plus, you've got to factor in that he'll play Origin when he is back and then he's probably going to be rested coming off Origins, I'd imagine, as well. So I think he is LaSalle Mitchell this week if you still LaSalle Mitchell. D. LaSalle Mitchell. <laughs> uh, Dan, your boy, you got to be you got to be chuffed. I feel like this bloke's turned your season around. Ferris Bueller, what do you got to say about him? Is he a buyer still at his price? Oh, I mean, he was a buyer when he was 200K for sure, but... Uh... That's just me gloating a little bit there. I, I look, I loved it last week. I mean, I'm still, I'm still on high from Supercoach after his performance against the Cowboys. So he looks good. He's got a bigger frame than I thought. He's he's getting the attacking stats. His base isn't bad. He's I think without tries or, or try assist, he was still getting 38, 45 scores. So yeah, like definite option covers 16, 19. I I can't say. Not a reason not to not to get him in if he's not in your side. Maybe you've just got to suck it up that you missed out on the two hundred so k that uh, he's already gone up. Yeah, I just can't figure it out. It's kind of got trap written all over it for me. But he's got those good fixtures. You've got to hold him to kind of around twenty twenty one before getting your run home fullback. Um, I can't work out whether it's him or someone like a Karaz as in the same like with the jewels that I can move around. Um. Yeah, I I can't really get a firm position on Bueller. Um, but yeah, uh, John, a guy I wanted to talk about. Um, this week, he's probably been close enough to the inform fullback in Supercoach this season. He's not a guy who's traditionally very popular, but he is a guy who's very very high priced now. I'm speaking, of course, of Dylan Edwards, who's eight hundred thousand dollars playing the St George Illawarra Dragons this week. Um. Is he a premium option that you could look at as a as a sort of pod through this period and potentially just to run home with? Matt, normally when you throw to me for a player, if I don't know much about them, I at least pretend to. But this time, other than the fact that he's ultra consistent, I don't know too much about Dill Dill Edwards. Does he does he have the upside in him, or is he just ultra consistent scoring? He won the Clive Churchill Medal last year. I'm aware of the man as a football player. <laughs> I'm talking about from a super coach perspective. Like, does he have the big upside scores that you want out of a premium fullback in here? I don't know, 163, is that any good? It's very good. Right. Well, that's what he got about a month ago. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you so aggressive about Dylan Edwards? (laughs) He's he's under the radar massively as a a gun super coacher. I think historically people just never considered him. Uh, This year his numbers have just gone absolutely berserk. Uh, Yeah, uh, he's definite. He's a definite option. He's he's gotten without getting tries and attacking stats, nearly sixty five points in some games. So uh, he's a great option, but he's a hundred. He's eight hundred k. Hasn't had a score under fifty since round two, um, and I feel like yeah, he's getting getting better and better. Uh, his involvement is super high. Like he's getting a lot of red zone touches. Um, I can't find that a particular stat anywhere, but I feel like like just watching him play, he's he's really involved on the over on that right hand side. 
He's scoring a lot of tries. I would love to get him. I just don't know how I can squeeze it in at 800K without boosting. That's that's probably my biggest issue. Finally, fullback, Dan, you touched on him before, uh, Will Kennedy from the Sharks, 700K, so another one of those premium options. How do you, would you stack him up against your, um, your Dylan Edwards of the world? Yeah, so Kennedy, uh, good option, pod option. It's a tough one to call. I think he'll be much, much less consistent than Dylan Edwards, uh, but 100K cheaper. Uh, coming from a Sharks fan uh, bias, I, I do like to see him go well. Uh, definite, definite pod option going forward. Let's move on to our pod of the week segment. And we've held a few back tonight, boys. So um, I think it's going to be a, a very interesting and uh, successful pod. Uh, quick quick recap on last week's pods. Um, uh, what do we got here? Tubes went for Ravalawa. Is that right? <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. And, tra- <laughs> and now he's trading him out this week. <laughs> Obviously. What did he get? Did he get seven or something? <laughs> no, 20, 20, I think. Tubes is trying to push the narrative that his real pot of the week was Scotty Drinkwater, who he brought in, but he was throwing people off the scent with Ravalawa. That's the narrative he's going with. Wait, so has he, has he gone Hiku into Ravalawa? Oh, yuck. And he went Ravalawa, Ravalawa two weeks before that as well. He's, he's <laughs> gone Ravalawa twice in a month. Jesus. Well, uh, Chris, Chris had a bit more luck with Herbie. Uh, Dreamboat Herbie Farnworth, but he he I actually bought he Herbie in. Uh, he got fifty two all in base, so pretty decent result there. Um, this week pods, Dan. I'll start with you. Yours is a bit of an interesting one. I'm not sure I agree with it, but who's your pod of the week? Yeah, my pod is uh, Koala Matangi from South Sydney. Uh, I think he's priced at a good price, six hundred twenty two k. They play the Titans this week. Uh, the cows. The following, uh, in oh, sorry, sorry, the Dragons in 15. So I think it's a good run of two. They don't play 16, but I'm pretty well covered for round 16 and don't need him there. And then they cover the round 19. Uh, and I think he's probably an end game second row forward you want in the Bunnies pack this year. Yeah, I like it. Just got to be careful of those, um, South and Canberra numbers. Um, You've talked me in, talked me around a little bit there. I do like Koala Matangi as a, as a player and he looked good first game back. Uh, Jono, your pot of the week. I wanted to talk about this guy in our normal segment. I think he's a really good option. Yeah, so Nick Meaney. I mean, Dan's the one with the drill in the background, but I have drilled down into Nick Meaney's numbers. <laughs> so he's uh, averaging 73 this year. He's only actually gone sub 40 once, so he's he's super consistent. Um, I don't know if he has the high upside of a player like Dylan Edwards who's knocking out 150-plus <laughs> regularly, but he, he has gone He has gone 170. He's top scorer. Is that a good score for you, Matt? <laughs> Very, very good score. So yeah. he's, yes, yeah, Storm, no bias now till round 19. they got a pretty good run coming up. <laughs> Pappy still doesn't seem close to coming in. Uh, he's in 8% of teams, so he just qualifies as a pod. I'm worried Pappy's never going to play again. He's just, there's no chat about it whatsoever. Yeah, it's a bit scary. Um, my pod of the week is Jesse Ramian from the Sharks. Now, Jesse, um, I spoke a little bit about how I don't like bringing centers in. Um Jesse has the good buy run coming up. He's 480-odd K. Um, he's dropped down from nearly – he nearly peaked at 700K earlier in the season, so we know we've, he's got that run in him. He's a tackle buster. He's a try scorer, and he can get the odd assist. So I I would be surprised if you don't get value for money there, and he covers all the major buy rounds. So I'm definitely considering him uh, alongside Karaz this week as um, some really good center wing options. All right, let's get on to Tubes' mailbag to round us out tonight, sponsored by Mailbag Bloodstock. Get around the boys at TMM Bloodstock um, on Twitter, doing really good things. Win a share in, win a 2.5% share in a horse just by asking a question and getting it read out on the pod pod. Uh, tonight's question comes from Chris from Berry, uh, one of our favorite contributors. Uh, and he asks, can you boys talk about the teams who have had zero buys versus the teams who have already had two buys? And given we are past the halfway point of the season, is it worth looking at players with only a single buy remaining over players from teams such as the Broncos, Rabbitohs, and Cowboys uh, who have multiple, who still have the three buys? Um, Dan, I'll throw this to Yeah, it's a very interesting point that people were probably so focused on the buy round, uh, round 13 numbers to begin with. They weren't really 
considering that late in the season. And to be honest, I haven't taken much notice of it at this stage. It's definitely coming into calculations now with the later buys, and we've kind of touched on it already, you know, picking up South players, Raiders players who are missing that round 20. Uh, South haven't had a buy yet, so I think they've got three still to come. Uh, So it's definitely something you've got to consider. What I would say is I think if you're getting guys for the buy coverage uh, who are probably mid mid prices to to somewhat on the borderline premium, I think you can carry them with more buys. Uh, potentially, if you're leaving, you know, I think of it as a whole number, a, a whole price thing. So, if you later later in the year, if you've got three top premium price guys who are on a buy round, you you might be having one point five to two million sitting on the bench uh, with no trades left or, you know, no one to really trade it to. So I'd consider, say you've got a premium top-tier price and there's someone else from their team is sort of a mid-ranger, I think that's fine to be bringing them in. So you just want to look at your team balance in that sense, getting maybe one or two premiums max from each team uh, of those guys that have poor or more buy, buy schedules towards the end of the year, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it just don't don't stack from individual teams and within the sort of the premium price brackets within those teams. Yeah, so think of it as a collective for the whole price that you're leaving on the bench each buy round. Diversify your investments. I like it. Um, <laughs> that'll, that'll see us out tonight, guys. It's been a really good pod. John, I feel like there's a bit of like there's a bit of underlying tension brewing between <laughs> us. I don't know I don't know if it stems from you sitting in my chair all these weeks this year. Um, but, look, we'll take it offline and see if we can't sort out our differences. Um <laughs> And look, I do encourage you to go read up on um, Clive Churchill medalist Dylan Edwards. Very good player if you get the chance to watch him. He plays for Penrith. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll look into it. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us, Jono. Appreciate it, Phil. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Dan. Enjoy your day. Yeah. Cheers, Matt. And apologies if, if you heard any drilling in the background. Uh, ah, that's all right. You're good. Cheers, guys. Have a good one. <laughs>